Bring it in. College football's happened. We had week one. It's in the books. We're on to week two. But that's just the appetizer. Because the NFL returns in about an hour and 10 minutes from the time we started recording this. The NFL's back. Football's back this weekend. Get it all over yourself. Get immersed into it. I am so Ooh, fired up. Mark Packer. <laughs> a little Mark Packer, man. Got to get it get all over yourself, man. Got to do it. That is the voice of one and only Scotty Miller. No veto today, but Scotty's here. What's going on, buddy? You got sunglasses on. You hopped on the Zoom with no shirt, backwards hat. Would have thought you were a member of you know, like Sig App or something with the way you were looking coming in here. How you doing, yeah, buddy? Gross. I'm good, man. I'm I'm excellent. I am so ready. Uh if you haven't heard on the podcast already, uh, in our fantasy league, I know it's taboo to talk about your fantasy league on your podcast, yeah, but no in our, our fantasy league, Scotty Hansen did the the uh, draft order for us. And we played it on the pod. Beyond stoked to hear his voice on Sunday saying, seven hours of commercial-free football starts now. Oh my and the octobox and all that good stuff. So <clears throat> I, I, uh, that's I, what I I'm most back, looking man. forward to. I went back and chopped it up and threw it into the pod. The people heard it, man. Scotty Hansen, seven hours of commercial free football. Man, I am I'm so fired up, dude. Like I I have a very fun weekend. I got a friend coming from out of town who and she's staying with me this weekend. Uh, there's a free Houndmouth concert on Friday night in my area. Houndmouth's great, great indie rock band. Saw them a couple of years ago. Might sneak my way over there on Friday night. You don't know? You know them? Never, my cousin Greg, been. Sedona. You'd recognize Sedona. Sedona was in like a like a T-Mobile commercial, I think. And so most people will at least know I've that been to Sedona. As have I. Great town. Shout out to Sedona, Arizona. Uh, Red Rocks. Got a bunch of shit out there. Anywho, the important thing. More important than anything else. College football here, cool. We got that out of our system last week. That's here to stay, at least for the next, you know, what, Maybe five, four, four months? I mean, it's not out of my system. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still <laughs> fired up for it. Like, I'm going to watch. We get, but just, like, the thought of, all right, it's Thursday night, right? And at 8.20, at, by the time y'all are listening to this, game's already happened. By 8.20, Thursday night, we get Cowboys at the Bucks on NBC. And from then – until basically Monday night, definitely Sunday night, but you have to get through the day Monday, but until Monday, it's football every day. All right. And then, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday is your off day, but then it's right back to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday football until, you know, the Mac shows up and then, uh, you know, action on Thursday nights, Love we get it. Our, our Tuesday night Mac action. Um, but again, I, the fact that the NFL is here, it's funny, man. I did a fancy draft last night. Obviously, we've had ours. And I was listening to a, a football podcast on my way into work today, and, and I was – I just had this moment of where it all kind of clicked where I was like, oh, shit. Like, they were talking about setting their, you know, like your lineups. And I was like, wait, do I have any Bucks or do I have any Cowboys? Do I need to set my lineup? Like, that thought occurred to me. And it's such a refreshing feeling every single year. I literally texted Kenny after – I played golf today. 
I texted Kenny, who I'm playing this week, by the way. I texted uh, your brother-in-law saying, should I play Antonio Brown or Tyler Boyd in the flex tonight? And he had a legitimate opinion. He said, oh, Antonio Brown's a bit of a wild card. Uh, I'd go ahead and play him against Dallas. And I was like, you know, we're playing each other, right? And he was like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so it's like. I thought, I thought he knew and then you were going to be like, I'm going to do the opposite. Like whatever he tells you no, to do. No, no. He's like, oh, play Antonio Brown. All right, I'm going to play Tyler Boyd. Uh, I would play Antonio Brown tonight against uh, against that Cowboys defense because they're going to be terrible. I think the Bucks right now they opened at a set as a seven and a half point favorite. Lines all the way to nine right now, but I still think Tampa Bay covers it because I think. Look, I don't think the Cowboys are a good team this year. We talked about it in our preview, but like I just don't. Think what the you got, Kenny? Team. What you got, Antonio Brown with two touchdowns tonight? Book wow. it. Wow. Well, then you just you jinxed them. Now he's he's probably gonna get hurt in the first play uh <laughs> yeah so we, we are gonna preview some of the week one games we are gonna give our picks against the spread for a few of the college football games as well as all 16 week one matchups in the nfl we're not gonna do that every week probably we might just pick a handful best games that kind of stuff but it's week one so we got to go through every single game we're gonna pick our you know pick against the spread it's what we do and in addition to that we're gonna preview a little bit of the college football we got we got two really awesome games, two top 25 matchups. The other rest of the slate in week two, there's some interesting games here and there, but for the most part, you know, last week was the, was the big week of, of top tier matchups. And I'll also give you a chance to talk about your boys who had an awesome win against Indiana or Wisconsin. I keep doing that against Wisconsin last week. Put that into the universe. I would love a win against Indiana. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see that coming just a few weeks away. Uh, and I also have, after we go through some news and notes, because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the NFL today, some unfortunate news for Baltimore Ravens fans. And some it's a lot of AFC North news today. I got a thing for you here, Scott. And I'm calling it our NFL Week 1 Excitement Index. Things that are just... Football back, NFL back, that first NFL Sunday, things that you're just chomping at the bits. I got some questions I'm going to throw out to you. You're going to give me how you feel, where your excitement level is heading into week one of the NFL season. But we will start with NFL news and notes. The Baltimore Ravens are going through one hell of a stretch. So we talked about J.K. Dobbins, tears his ACL 12 days ago. Vito drafted him. Vito drafted him on the, you know, on, it was literally what, like the day of day after, I think day after. <laughs> and so the, so, you know, the fantasy sites hadn't adjusted where usually they tried, if someone's out for the year, they move them down to the bottom of the list. So the auto draft thing doesn't happen. And, and that hadn't happened for Yahoo yet. And yes, I know we use Yahoo, which is the worst, uh, unless they want to sponsor us, in which case use Yahoo fantasy football. They knew great. So then it was, all right, well, Gus Edwards becomes uh, probably an RB two. He's going to be the number one running back for Baltimore, but an RB2 in fantasy perspective. And they have Justice Hill there. So that's kind of, and Justice Hill is a decent running back too. Well, in the final preseason game, uh, sorry, this past week in practice, September, uh, on, was it September 7th? I think it was. Justice okay. Hill tears his Achilles. Justice Hill's out for the season. Well, today. No justice. Gus Edwards tore his ACL at practice and Marcus Peters, their star cornerback also tore his ACL. So in a matter of 12 days, 
the Baltimore Ravens have lost all three of their starting running backs. Right now, Tyson Williams, he was a practice squad member last year for the Baltimore Ravens, has never had an NFL carry, is now technically the lead back. They also have two other running backs on their roster, Trenton Campbell and then Le'Veon Bell signed there this week. But he's technically only on the practice squad, and both of them only started practicing with the Ravens on Wednesday, which was 24 hours ago from the time that we're recording this right now. Plenty of time to learn the offense. They went out and signed Devontae Freeman, who is a free agent. Uh, Latavius Murray is also a free agent. I wouldn't be shocked to see those two guys ending up there. Maybe there's a trade in store. You look at a team like Indianapolis with maybe Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines. Maybe they reach out to the Texans and try to get Mark Ingram back. Uh, Either way, this is just absolute abject disaster for the Baltimore Ravens, who are a team coming in with legitimate playoff aspirations. And with a coach like John Harbaugh and a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, despite the fact that, you know, we haven't really seen a ton of playoff success from Lamar. They're a team that no one wants to play in the postseason. You don't want to have to game plan and, and worry about going up against Lamar Jackson, just like you didn't want to have to worry about going up against Michael Vick. So at this point, how, how much lower would you set the over-under wins, for example, for the Baltimore Ravens, knowing that they are on practice squad running backs and guys signing off the streets who are well past their prime? Uh, I think we had him at what? I think I had him at 12, <clears throat> maybe 11. You, I can tell you right now. We had the Baltimore sure. Ravens. I had the Baltimore Ravens going 11 and six. I think they still stay around there. Honestly, they're, they're going to find a back. That's going to fit that system. Um, ideally one who can kind of catch out of the backfield too. Um, but this is the Lamar Jackson show. And this harkens back to what I talked about with, uh, we talked about the the coaching strategy from from the Harbaugh's in earlier episodes, and it's like, okay, great, you got your guy. At some point, you have to either leverage the talent that you have in Lamar Jackson, or build enough around him and an an, an offensive scheme enough around him that he re- realizes his full potential. So, great, sign Devontae Freeman. Great, sign Le'Veon Bell. Um, maybe one of those guys works out. Um, but the idea that you can lose any of those guys and, and be like, okay, that's great. We got Lamar Jackson It is both a benefit and a curse. So, uh, I don't know. I, I still have them around the same, the same win total, honestly, just because Lamar brings so much to that team and, and to the NFL that he can, he can win games for you on his own. Like he's that talented. He, he is, but this is my concern. I get that his level of danger running the football, especially when you're running some sort of read option type of offense, no pun intended. That's Ooh, just read option. My, that's just what a great podcast. Thing. Every time the words read option get come up, it just uh, no pun intended will be said. So if you hate that, I'm sorry in advance. I'm not. This, there is truth in that Lamar is so gifted, so talented of a runner, can can win games single-handedly, that there shouldn't be an overwhelming concern of like, will this completely deplete their offense? No, because Lamar as a runner is so dangerous that he will, by 
it's almost like having LeBron James in a lot of ways, right? Like I'm not saying that Lamar is as good at football as LeBron is at basketball, but LeBron elevates the talent around everybody. Maybe a better example is someone like Steph, who Steph Curry, his shooting alone changes the way that defenses have to game plan against him. And because of that, opens things up for other guys. So because Lamar is so gifted of a runner, defenses, linebackers, defensive ends, whoever's kind of coming down on certain read option plays, they always have that thought of like, I don't want to be the guy that gets my ankles broken because Lamar makes me look just absolutely ridiculous. And they're always going to be cognizant of, you know, there are guys who, what you know, they'll run some variation of a read of a triple option offense, kind of like what, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a running threat in any way. So when they're running that option offense in San Francisco, defensive ends aren't necessarily, and linebackers aren't worried about Jimmy pulling the ball and running. Now, will it happen once every couple of games where he breaks off a 25 or 30-yard run? Yes, it will. But what Lamar does is so special that you have to account for it. And so it allows space for even mediocre running backs to look like high caliber running backs. The problem that go ahead. That, well, that, I was going to say, that's the difference is that the, the people of, like Jimmy Garoppolo has a route. Look at the weapons. You talk about Debo, you talk about Ayuk, who's probably going to have a breakout year. I think no bias. I'm just not a 49ers fan at all. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, uh, I, but I legit think he's going to, Ayuk is going to have a breakout year. He's got George Kittle. Uh, all right, one of the top receivers in uh, no question in the NFL and Debo, and, and then and... a backfield full of Raheem Mostert and rookie Trey Service. So those Jimmy Garoppolo can hide those sort of things in San Francisco. Lamar Jackson is the show. Um, you've got Hollywood Brown. You've got um, you got you just signed Sammy Watkins. Um, but other than that, like Mark but, but, Andrews, who's a great but, tight end. But other than that, who who are the this weapons is the problem. around this is, him? This is are... the thing, though, Scott. Right, and, and that it's a good point. The reason I think this is a, despite the fact that I do think the offense will still be relatively productive, and I don't think it's going to completely debilitate it. I think we're going to see more of the same, and more of the same for Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Is yes, he won the MVP. Yes, they've won the AFC North. Yes, they've made the playoffs the last three years but they're limited in what they can do because they don't have the guys around them. And now you're taking away arguably his best, you know, teammate in JK Dobbins, which hurt, but then it's like, all right, well, Gus Edwards can still do some things. He's not JK Dobbins. He doesn't catch the ball like JK Dobbins, but he's still a good runner. They, they gave him that contract for a reason, you know, cause he just signed a, a two, a three-year extension for like $17 million this offseason. Yeah. Now it's only 8 million guaranteed. And there's a lot of incentives laced into that. But I take that. the running back room is now decimated as as badly as I've ever seen before we hit week one. And honestly, you know the, any position. The, you know what the Ravens running back room looks like? Is like uh like week three in fantasy football when like two of your top five draft picks get injured and you're like, yeah. oh shit, we gotta like we got to hit the <laughs> hit yes. the waiver wire for for guys that were great in 2015. Like <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> it. That's like that's exactly what it is. Except it's happening in the NFL again. I don't remember a position group or a team getting screwed over by injuries, and not just one, but four devastating injuries, including Marcus Peters. And on top yeah, of that, that's a big one. Marquise Brown's not is going to be limited in Week One. Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick, is not going to play in week one. Sammy Watkins is consistently injured. 
their offensive line is still not the offensive line of two years ago when Lamar won the MVP. So it's really Mark Andrews until you see some sort of consistency out of the wide receivers, which I don't have a lot of faith in right now based off of the injuries and the injury history of Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. And Rashard Bateman, I loved him coming out of Minnesota, and I think he still can be a really good pro. We just have no idea because he's a rookie. He missed a huge chunk of camp, basically all of it. And he's not going to play until probably week two or three. So he's the I, same receiver to me as Hollywood Brown in that system, honestly. I mean, they're very different in terms of what they do on the field. Oh, no. Yeah. Skill, skill set, very different. But in like, that system, they're the same receiver to me. It, it's just there's a lot more questions than answers because even with the Ravens, it's like, all right, well, you still have to worry about Lamar and Lamar can make something out of nothing and he's going to break off 50 yard touchdown runs out of nowhere. But without JK or Gus Edwards, or even justice Hill, like it's crazy to think that even justice Hill alone, I think would make an improvement here. Unless there's an insane, you know, Renaissance for Le'Veon Bell. I have a lot of concerns about this offense and now subsequently the defense, because their number one cornerbacks done for the year. Uh, this this is going to really, really hurt Baltimore. And I understand that Lamar alone, because he's the offense, there will still be offense made because you just have to worry about him because he is that kind of Steph Curry guy that you just have – he can pull up from half court basically. But there's, there's, a, there's more of a – the ceiling for them has dropped considerably without those guys. The ceiling is no longer the roof. The ceiling is not the roof. Uh, the other – Big piece of news in the NFL today. TJ Watt has signed a mega deal, making him the highest paid player, defensive player in the NFL. I wonder if he's even beaten out how much money JJ made over the course of his career. Cause like this is an absurd amount of money. Four year, $112 million extension with 80 million. In full guarantees. Now, I saw, you know how people on Twitter are morons, right? I saw a very yes. funny, I saw a very funny and also stupid th- uh, back and forth people were having about TJ Watt versus Aaron Donald because TJ Watt's now being paid more than Aaron Donald. But the argument was TJ Watt at his best versus Aaron Donald at his best. And I think it was Ryan Clark. Someone tweeted at him and it was like, can you put an end to this debate? Whatever. He's like, is, is it even close? And Ryan Clark was just like, no, because it's not, it's not close. That being said, TJ Watt still easily could have won the defensive player of the year last year. He is probably the best pure edge rusher in the NFL right now. He's right up there with the Bosa's he's right up. You know, he's up there with, with prime JJ Watt, you know, like he really is that much of a difference maker. And if, Aaron Donald wasn't around, then T.J. Watt might have one or two defensive play of the years on his resume. Would you ever, I mean, maybe, you know, your, your team's going to be kind of going through this soon here with Nick Bosa. Would you ever feel comfortable giving a defensive player over $100 million on a contract? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't. Um, even if they are that generational I go back. No, I'll I'll stoke with no, because defensive line play in the NFL, particularly is so much more than one person. The reason the Niners were successful when, when Bosa was healthy is because they had 
two, three guys coming off of off the edge in the interior, and Fred Warner that was playing all over the field. It, it there's no way you have that amount of of caliber talent on the field at one time if you're paying one person that much money. So to me, it's a bit of a downgrade. Uh, look, T.J. Watt's one of the best to do it. <clears throat> so is his brother. Uh, but T.J. Watt's one of the best to do it at his position. And if you're asking, too, what, you know, would I rather have uh, an edge rusher or a guy like Aaron Donald, I, give me Aaron Donald all day. Because at the end of the day, like, T.J. Watt can come off the off the – off the edge, but uh, there's so much, so many more things that Aaron Donald can do from the interior, which is insane. Um, but no, I think I uh, legitimately, I think the the putting all your eggs in one basket on on a, particularly on the defensive line, uh, particularly as an edge rusher, uh, it it kind of handcuffs you in a little bit. I mean, it, I, I'm with I'm with you 100. I personally would not give a hundred million dollars over a hundred million dollars to a defensive player. No. And it's the reason they lost Bud Dupree Pittsburgh too, mm-hmm. is, no, is because they were like, we're going to, we're going to have to pay TJ Watt. Right. So like, and, unless that player's name is Aaron Donald, I would, I would give Aaron Donald a hundred million dollars. I would, he is, he is that much of a game record when you have to triple team a guy with offensive linemen. And we're not, we're not talking about double team with a running back chip or anything. No, we're talking about, you have to triple team a dude with a guard and a center and another guard because he just wrecks the game that much. I I would pay Aaron Donald $100 million. Miles Garrett has $100 million guaranteed on his deal. Uh, Khalil Mack signed $141 million. That was yeah. uh, $90 million guaranteed. And, and he had the biggest on, in terms of the average you know, per year at 23 and a half. This is now uh, 27. At a different position, at, too, by the way. Right, 28 yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Khalil Mack is an edge rusher. He's... I mean, they're, they're the same, you know, but like even your miles Garrett and, you know, Khalil Mack, like we've seen how it's worked out for Khalil Mack. Both Bosa's. We'll, we'll like see same, how it works out with Joey, with Joe Bosa. Cause that's the other one. Five years, 135 million that he signed last year. That was 27 million uh, with 102 million guaranteed. So I just, I also look at defensive ends similarly to how I look at running backs, which is that don't get me wrong. Like having a premier guy is awesome but you need depth, the, yeah, depth and rotation yeah. at your defensive uh-huh. on, on your defensive ends. I mean, again, hundred percent. Yeah. Look at the Patriots. Look at you know the Super Bowl champions of the last few years. They've had depth at that position. Maybe one premier guy, but they've had depth at the position, and they're able to rotate through it. And that to me is is the fresh legs thing because when you're playing D end, you know, going out and signing a Chris Long like the Pat, Pats did in. in 16 17 like the eagles did in 17 18 like that that signing was huge you know you need that and yeah chris long may only play 15 to 25 snaps a game that rotation alone to help their brandon grams and to help your kyle van noise and your other guys on your d line it, it makes a massive massive difference all that being said good for tj watt secure your bag kid get the 112 million and He's a baller. Like this, none of this is to take anything away from how good TJ Watt is. TJ no, Watt absolutely is a not. really, really good football player. I just, when I'm building a team, that's just something I, I don't think I'd ever want to do. I mean, to think about it this way, like TJ Watt's making more money than, like he would basically be like a top 10 quarterback based off of money value alone. 
And that's, that's, you know, the kind of money you're paying a defensive end. He'd at least be in the top half, you know, cause you have to consider your golfs and your Carson Wentz's and guys like that who are in that kind of realm too. But when you look at just like elite level quarterbacks who are being paid high levels of money, the Mahomes deal is astronomical and a totally different like well, yeah, conversation because it's a 10 year deal. <laughs> but, you know, even like your Tannehill, right? Like Tannehill was like 130 million. So, you know, was, yeah. So, you know, it's what a, an $18 million difference in, in total value of the contract between and a guy like, who, who could be your franchise quarterback or a defensive end who, yes, is a game changer. But I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't know if I would ever love if if the Eagles of my team were to spend that money, because I think you can get really good players and get depth of the position and then and invest elsewhere. Look what happened with the chargers, right? With Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa tears his ACL last year. He's done for the year. And they got that def- zero pass rush. Yeah. That defense wasn't the same. And it, I get it. Like you, you want to pay premium talent. You want to keep premium talent, especially when you draft a guy, you know, high, like a Bosa or even a guy in a later round, like TJ Watt, who I think was like a second round pick. He wasn't a first round guy, right? No, no. So, Again, good for TJ Watt. The Watts, as a family, they'll, they'll probably haven't surpassed the Mannings, and they probably never will. But they're probably number two in terms of, like, family, brothers, and, and total career earnings. Oh, earnings? I think the Watts will surpass them, no question. I don't know, Just man. because of the way the contracts are, and they'll play longer. Yeah, um, but Eli and Peyton were both getting 25-plus a year for for – you know, almost 20 years of peace. I mean, let's let actually, I'm curious. Let me, yeah. let me do some real time stats and research here. Um, Cause I mean, think about that. I mean, yes, the salary cap has gone all up and everything, but career earnings for Peyton Manning, I'd imagine, wow, $248 million in career earnings through I contracts. Know. J.J. Sure Watt's going to pass that easily by himself. I mean, his first contract with, with Denver was five years, 96. And that's just, that's just one half. $248 million is a lot. And let's see what Eli had. This is great. This is just great podcasting when you're typing and, and going through. <laughs> let's see. Fixing his career post. earning... Seven years, 54 was his first contract, then six years, 97 and a half million. So that, and then his third contract was four years, 84 million. So in total, that gives you 180. Oh, God, we're doing math. 204. So they both made about $245 million. So in total, we're talking about almost half a billion dollars for the Mannings. I don't think JJ Watt and TJ Watt touched that. I don't, I don't think that happens. Um, all right. That's enough with the caps and the numbers because football's here. So quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to introduce NFL week one excitement index right after this. NFL week one here. And I'm excited. Are you excited, Scott? No, well, I'm ecstatic. Get, get excited because <laughs> we're doing our excitement index for week one. Maybe it becomes a segment. Maybe it doesn't. But I think it's a fun thing here because, like I was saying earlier, there's all these little things that kind of pop up, right, that you kind of like, oh, I got to set my fantasy lineup. Or, 
oh man, like there's Thursday night football going on right now. You know, we just oh, said Tom Brady's playing on Thursday night football. No big we deal. Ju- we just said in the break, you know, while we were talking, we were like, oh man, Drew Brees is on the set. We're like, oh yeah, shit, Drew Brees is is doing it this, you know, is, is on NBC this year. So there's all these little things that that kind of go into it, in addition to the excitement that comes from just you know, like watching football again and just sitting on a couch on a Sunday and watching, you know, 10 hours of football as we look on and, and Tom Brady's warming up Super Bowl chant goat shaking hands with so, Drew Brees. So I got some questions here for you, Scotty, that are all about just excitement, right? We're going positive vibes heading in to week one of the NFL season, because right now it's Love anybody's it. it's anybody's season, even the Texans, even the, the Niners. Lions, even the Niners. Uh, there's also a bet me even the Niners because I don't think that I, I don't understand why people think that I, I said positive, but I don't I don't understand why people think the Niners are a legit Super Bowl contender when they don't know who their quarterback is and they just drafted a number one quarterback. But people like Bill Simmons are like, they're a Super Bowl contender. And I'm like, I don't think they are. Sorry, Scott. I just don't. Anywho, I said positive vibes. So team that you're most excited to watch on Sunday that isn't a contender, right? And not necessarily a contender, but isn't like a top five projected team. So no Bucks, no Chiefs, no Bills. You know, who in that next no year Niners. down? No, and not your own team too. What's, what's the team that you're most excited to watch on Sunday? I have two. Um, is that okay? That's perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have two. Uh, Number one is the Denver Broncos. Mm. We'll be uh, happy to to hear Vito when you whenever you get to hear this podcast. I know you're having fun out in uh, in Washington State. I hope you're safe. But uh, the Denver Broncos are super intriguing to me. Uh, they have a ton of offensive weaponry. Um, they are four deep at wide receiver. If you include Tim Patrick, who had a great year last year, and Noah Fant, and of course at tight end. Um, and then they have two really great running backs. The question mark is is a quarterback with with Teddy Bridgewater and how conservative is he going to be in fantasy offense and, and all that. So, um, uh, so the Broncos are one. I do think I do think they could contend. Uh, I really do. That defense is is stellar. Uh, I think I hope I drafted them should, in fantasy. It, sh- so. it should be a fun. It should be a fun. I- I'm excited to watch the Broncos as well. Who's your other? Who's your other yeah. team? Not not my them. number two is is the Los Angeles Chargers. Ah, you bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that was my it, pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's just I, I'm excited to see what uh, defensively they're a little more healthy. Um, I'm excited to see what the offensive brings. The offense or Justin Herbert was the best quarterback under pressure last year. Um, and now he has, they, they have three new offensive linemen, including a first round draft pick in Rashawn Slater. So, um, really looking to see what Herbert can do with an upgraded offensive line. And, uh, I think his, his wide receivers are better. Like Keenan Allen is going to be Keenan Allen. Uh, of course he's been a a stud, a consistent guy throughout, throughout the ages in, uh, in football and in fantasy football. But, uh, I like Mike Williams too. On that line, and then um, um, Jared Cook has just joined, um, so that's another receiver to look out for for Justin Herbert. So love it. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, they were the team I'm most most excited about. By the way, Ed Sheeran is out playing right now for this pregame. I'm very upset. I'm not listening. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a, like the biggest Ed Sheeran fan uh, in the world. 
literally have three of his albums on vinyl above my head right now. Uh, but the Chargers can be awesome. Justin Herbert, year two. Defense should be better than it was last year. Joey Bosa coming back. Uh, Derwin James coming back. They have guys who, who should be there. They should be really good. And then the Rashawn Slater aspect, like you said, like that, that offensive line should be improved. And Austin Eckler is really exciting. But the other team I'll throw out there too, uh, NFC West. I'm excited to see what we see out of the Arizona Cardinals. I don't have them winning the division. I don't necessarily even have them making the playoffs. There's a really interesting bet about getting all four. What are the odds for getting all four of the NFC West teams to make the playoffs now that there's the extra wild card spot? And I think it's like 15 to one because the math, it would, the math would make it really hard, but I kind of love that bet, honestly, because this offense has a plethora. They have, they, they have so much talent. It's, it's pouring out of them. The amount of talent they have on there. The yeah. running back room, James Conner, as well as Chase Edmonds. I love the wide receivers. They have five deep at wide receiver. I'm excited to see Rondell Moore. AJ Green is number four. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then defensively, they have Chandler Jones still, even though he might have won it out. He's playing for them. And then they JJ brought Watt. in JJ Watt. You yeah. know, like we we've all forgotten about JJ Watt. I think I think the Cardinals are going to be a really fun team to watch. I'm excited to see. Uh, we have the Chargers playing the Washington Football Team, and the Cardinals are taking on the Titans. Week one, which leads me into this question, Scotty. What non-49ers game are you most excited to watch in week one? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Tonight's is pretty interesting between uh, uh, Tampa and, uh, and Dallas. Those have been two teams that are the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dallas upgrading, Dak coming back. Um, it obviously the the Tampa Bay story with Tom Brady and and returning what what is it twenty something starters which is insane all uh, all twenty two starters coming back <laughs> um, and like back up and like roll guys it's crazy yeah there are two games that jump out to me <clears throat> uh, one is is Packers Saints um, does the does the revenge tour, the uh, the last dance, so to speak, uh, start for Aaron Rodgers uh, in the do- well? I guess they're playing that at Jacksonville, actually. Um, but um, you know, still a, a Saints team who's rebuilding, um, who's still got a, a bunch of weapons uh, on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, what does Jameis Winston look like? What does Alvin Kamara look like in that offense? And, and who, if any, is uh, is Jameis Winston going to throw it to before Michael Thomas gets back in week 10 or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that element. And then um, what is, what did the Packers look like with Aaron yeah. Rodgers? Is, is it the same old and Packers? sling the ball? Is it yeah. the same old Aaron Rodgers or is it, uh, is it vengeful Aaron Rodgers? He's like, eh, I don't give a shit. Um, so, um, so you got that I like, game. I like that game. And then um, chiefs Browns to me is intriguing in yeah. week one. Uh, that's a game that has uh, probably literal playoff implications in week one. I think so. Um, and, and I know usually, you know, Mahomes comes out slinging as he always does. Uh, but I don't, I think the, the Browns have, have that chip on their shoulder and they're just ready to come out and rear it. Even though they're, they're playing in an arrowhead. Uh, it's going to be a full capacity. Um, yeah. Uh, I late mean, window. 
and it's um, that two, that's so. the national game, right? I mean, Dolphins Pats is an interesting one there, and then you have Packers Saints. I mean, it's a loaded. Uh, Steelers yes. Bills at one, man. That's a the, great matchup too. The witching hour will be uh will be interesting here. It, you know, we got Browns Chiefs Dolphins Pats Packers Saints Broncos Giants. Uh, I think all four of those are interesting games, though. I I think uh, I think the Giants are terrible. So and I'm you have not sure you have the Sam Donald revenge tour too in uh, in the Panthers uh, against Jets in Week One. So yeah, love uh, that. I'm excited to see uh, Steelers Bills. Yeah, in, that's, that's in Buffalo. That, that seems like it's going to be an awesome game. game. Great yeah. defense versus a great offense. Uh, what do we see out of Big Ben? Right, they've said he's in the best shape he's been in a while. So I'm excited to watch that one. And this then, game, Jeff, seems a lot to me like the Penn State Wisconsin game. If I might harken back to week one of college football. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into some of that once we start picking these uh, these games against the spread here. Uh, and then the other one is going to be Chargers versus the Washington Football Team. Uh, this game is in Maryland, uh, Landover, Maryland. So the Wash, which I was just in the other day, actually, it always trips me out. I I lo- I am bullish on both teams. I love Washington's defense, and I'm really excited to see Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, and, and what he does, and just kind of how that offense runs. We know the defense is going to be good, but again, like we just talked about with uh, why we why we're excited about the Chargers is this: ju- do we see this continuation from Justin Herbert heading into year number two? You know, because most quarterbacks, it's the year two jump. Well, he had a pretty incredible year one, so if he can jump from Higher than 4,000 passing yards in, in year number two. That will be extremely telling about where this kid could end up uh, in terms of a quarterback. All right, so I got a couple other excitement questions related to here. Which rookie are you most excited to watch on Sunday? Give me one rookie that you're most excited to watch. Uh, that's going to start this Sunday uh, <clears throat> has to be. I I go back to the Denver Broncos defense. Uh, it's PS two Patrick Sertan mm. the second. Uh, he's an electric player. Vito's gonna just absolutely adore me for this. Uh, but uh, look, it's him and and um, J C Horn who were who were the two cornerbacks coming out of uh, out of college who were literally like right at the at the the same part of the draft, but PS2 man has shown me so much in the preseason. Um, and it's insane because usually they, they like to protect those guys in the preseason, but um, he's, he's done a great job. I'm excited to see what he does against uh, what I think is a pretty decent wide receiving core in, in, uh, in New York in week one. It's going to be a lot and of different guys. Drafts. They throw out of him, right? Cause it could be Galladay, exactly. it could be Sterling Shepard. Uh, could be Darius uh, Slayton. Darius Slayton could be Kadarius Tony I and mean, Saquon. They, you got to defend Saquon. And you got to worry about Saquon there. Whether or not we see Saquon play or how much we see Saquon play, will uh, will also factor in there. I mean, is it too cliche to say Trevor Lawrence? I mean, they're playing a a terrible Houston <laughs> a little, team, but I'll give it to you. They're yeah. playing a terrible Houston team, an objectively terrible team. I think Jacksonville. I'd give, give you that over Mac Jones, but if if we're ah, well, I'm kind of quarterbacks. Ex- I'm kind of excited to see Mac Jones because again, the Mac Jones storyline is like, is he is he second coming of Tom Brady, right? Which is a, com- a completely unrealistic expectation. But if anybody were to pull it off, Bill Belichick finding a guy who could be Brady esque. I mean, their skills match up well. I, you know, Body I just types, I don't know the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very. <laughs> 
I actually am very excited to watch that game. That will that game will probably beat. I don't know because you got Cleveland and Kansas City there, but Miami versus yeah, you know, and because it's Tua versus Mac Jones. I mean, it's crazy. And also, how insane is it that we have three Alabama quarterbacks? Their last three starting quarterbacks are all starting week one: Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're pretty good at football there down there in Tuscaloosa, aren't they? Un- unbelievable, man. Your your Miami winning outright pick. I mean, my me having them pick cover <laughs> the spread feels terrible. Yeah, man, we got you on a podcast here, and they're going to win outright. But hey, you know, you were drinking the Kool Aid that we've all drank. We've all fallen down the just like with Tom Brady, man, the cliff, the Max Kellerman cliff. We've all fallen off it. I care uh, about you. <laughs> all right, I got two other questions. We'll go quickly here. All right. Who is the breakout quarterback or skill guy that hasn't broken out yet, but that you think will that you're excited to watch? Like who is your sleeper guy that you're, you're excited to see? Cause you got, you got something invested that this is going to be the year that we see something out of. Um, is it too abrasive to say Kyler Murray? Cause I have him in two fantasy leagues. That's not really I mean, a breakout. He's broken but... out, right? Like we know <laughs> Kyler Murray's good. Whether or not we can see it for a full season is a little different. But I'm talking about just okay, one then, game. Then give me, give me Justin Fields, mm. rookie quarterback. Because uh, we you're see, him, see him, him on Sunday early. night. Do you think? No, I don't think so. But you're going to see him earlier than you will uh, my guy Trey Lance. Um, <clears throat> and I think, frankly, uh, the wide receiving core is better. Uh, for him to throw to in Chicago than it is in San Francisco. So uh, give me, give me Justin Fields, yeah. uh, just the talent level and, and the guys that he's throwing to their talent level is, is absurd. So I'll throw out, I'll throw out two quickly uh, kind of surrounding, surrounding this a little bit. Uh, Matthew Stafford doesn't quite count all the way. So he's like my half pick, but Matthew Stafford in the LA Rams uniform I, I, this could be a special I hate, year. For I them. hate all of that. This could be a special hate, no, year it, for them. I don't want it to be, please. But this is my, this God. is, this is my week one. Like the play, like I'm actually going to turn this game on to watch it. Cause I'm actually very excited. Sam Darnold. Show me Sam Darnold going up against the hey, jets. That's a week good pick. one. Yeah. He is still only 23 years old. And talk the, about weapons around him too. I mean, the amount of court, Mac Jones is older than him. Uh, Jalen Hurts is older. Like there are guys who are who are starting quarterbacks who have never started a game who are older than Sam Darnold, who is now on his second team. Great wide receiving room, great pass offensive coordinator and Joe Brady. I think your defense McCaffrey. is going to be good. And yes, we see Christian McCaffrey back. <laughs> I am actually fired up to see Sam Darnold. And I forget That's what I had them at for, for my over unders. I think the Panthers might sneak their way into a playoff spot. I think the defense is going to be really I good. wouldn't be surprised. Derek yeah, the Brown on that D-line. Sneaky good. J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin. They got, some, they got some dudes in Carolina. All right, last thing here. NFL Sunday tradition or experience that you have as a fan watching the game that you're most excited to get back into? Uh, so it used to be tailgating because I would tailgate out at Candlestick Park just about every Sunday. Uh, but now it's watching uh, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, and Matthew Barry Ooh. on Fantasy Focus, and then hopping straight over to uh, to Scotty Hansen on the Red Zone. So that's that's been my Sunday tradition for the last like four years. That show is great, Field, and and especially now that once I got Will Kane's ass out of there, 
and it was field hosting it and Matthew Barry and Stefania Bell. That is one of the best shows, one of the best shows that ESPN puts on. I think it's what uh, fantasy football now. So what it's called because fantasy focus. Yeah. Fantasy focus is the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Which is also a great podcast. I was listening to it earlier today for me. It's the rush that you get at like 1230. Your lineups are set. Wager a few things. Your daily fantasy lineups are in. And you, you rush around, you get your beer, you get your food, whatever's ready. You You've done all the, you can do. <laughs> you crack the first beer and that, that sitting down on the couch, man, just that. Whew, and now you're there. And it's just like for seven hours, you're you not get moving all, your ass. Like we have three, we have three TVs that we set up. So we have red zone on one and the whatever games you're going to watch on the others. And you're just sitting and you're just, you're just watching. And then uh, the other one is when I turn into an insane person for three hours during Eagle scales. I, I, I do miss because it's the right, it's of course 16 times a year now 17 plus maybe a few with playoffs i allow myself time to be a literal insane person don't get your hopes up um but yeah i i know i get that and, i'm not saying they're gonna make and, the playoffs i'm just saying like in some years but that's that's part of the part of the appeal of of tailgating and a lot of how you feel about sundays is what i feel on saturdays for college football 100 yeah i'm like, much more of a pro guy like i i i, I I consider myself I get fired a up. I do the whole pageantry. I'm yeah. like, I'm listening to the blue band in the morning, the Penn state blue band in the morning. I got a whole tradition. I, I watch college game day. I I'm listening yeah. to the Penn state blue band. I'm putting the Penn state flag out that, uh, in my, in my front yard. Thank you. Kenny. You, you do the whole, you do um, the whole thing. I do man. a whole thing. And that's, yeah. that's your Sunday. That's my Saturday. Of course. I mean, again, like I, I didn't go to a big-time D1 school. I mean, I still love JMU football. Shout-out to the Dukes. They won by 58 on uh, on Saturday. but <laughs> No big deal. 68 to 10, whatever, NBD. Uh, <laughs> way to go. Roll them Dukes, baby. Um, but, no, I mean, I, that's exactly how I am, man. Like, I grew up outside of Philly. Like, some people are college sports fanatics and people are NFL. But, like, I consider myself a relatively rational person. Like, I, I actively try to be. And during the week, I'm usually very rational about the Eagles – because I can kind of separate it, but when the game, Saturday night, <laughs> when the game is on, not even Saturday night, like even like kickoff comes and it's like a flip gets switched in my brain. That's like, all right, you are legally allowed to be an insane person now. And I, yeah. I, I go all in. Um, all right, man. Hence my text about Penn state on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and if, Oh, you were, I had to walk, man, you and the refs, you and the refs, you have a big, bigger rivalry with Big Ten refs than you do than Penn State does with Ohio State. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I need to break this out of you, because your insistence that the refs are throwing games and that the refs screwed your team. That game was called evenly down the middle. Be when there's a flag that gets thrown on your team, be pissed at your team for messing yeah. up. We'll get there. <laughs> I don't think you ever will, buddy. I don't think you ever will. All right. Uh, quick break. We're going to come back, preview our games, and do our picks against the spread for college football, as well as all 16 week one games. The NFL's back, baby. Let's go. All right, it's time to make some picks. Uh, we're going to break down. There's really only two big games in college football this weekend. Number 12, Oregon, going to Columbus, taking on number three, Ohio State. And then we got a top 10 matchup in Iowa crazy that there are two top 10 ranked teams in the state of Iowa but number 10 Iowa going to Ames against Iowa State the Cyhawk Bowl one of the coolest names I think yeah. uh, they just mashed Cyclones and I and Hawkeyes together and got Cyhawk and I it's just it's fucking sick uh 
But before we get into those, I want to give you a minute. You get a minute to talk about your Penn State Nittany Lions. Huge win over Wisconsin last week. Nothing, nothing at halftime. Fans of the under. How are you feeling, buddy? How are you feeling about your boys? I'm glad I took the under, too. So how about that defense? Number 11 in the country right now. Yeah. Again, but we talk about this is the waste of my minute. We talk about the AP polls, the preseason, all that doesn't matter. Like, uh, in one respect, and it doesn't matter in the fact that, like, if you get a big win and, oh, Michael Parsons, um, if you get a big win and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's in, in, in the early part of the year that, that you jump up and maybe it's right, maybe it's not. I, it, nobody cares. The defense was stellar. Arnold Mbakide off of the off of the defensive line, the Temple transfer was electric. Um, linebacker play was just out of out of this world good, both stuff in the run and on on pass plays. Uh, didn't give Graham Mertz an opportunity to throw the ball uh, in the in the low to mid range. Um, and then the corners did a good job of shutting down the uh, the wide receivers deep, so they didn't give Graham Mertz a, an opportunity to throw deep either. Yeah. The concern is on offense. Um, and one of my big things was going into this year was trying to see what my, our new offensive coordinator, Mike Irsich's offense looked like, uh, it looked a little stale. And I don't know if it was stale because of play calling so much as the offensive line, um, offensive line, the terrible, the first half, like just horrendous. Um, well, give, I mean, look, give credit to Wisconsin. I think the play calling was really, really good. I think their Wisconsin's defense was stellar. Like their defense Wisconsin played insane awesome. good. But here's the optimistic view of it, right? Right, Scotty? So, like, John Dotson is, is a real one, dude. Like, that, uh, he, he broke I told you. What did I tell a, you? Heisman, you, you? Heisman, dark horse. No. I'm telling no, you. We hadn't seen a wide receiver win the Heisman in, what, 25 years before last year? We're not seeing I, back-to-back I, wide receivers anyway. win the Heisman. All right. That being said. John Dotson broke through a couple of times against one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. That is hard to do. Winning on the road in that atmosphere, unbelievable. Sean Clifford did not look great, but he did have the bomb. He made the throws he needed to throw. He did have the bomb. He was good protecting the football for the most part. It's a little tough watching Will Levis dish out, what, five touchdown passes, four touchdown passes, and 300 yards in in Kentucky's game. But – he wasn't going up against Wisconsin's defense. And I think Kentucky would have looked a lot different had they been going up against, you know, they, they put up a graphic yes. during that game where Wisconsin in the last, it was like the last five years, the last 10 years and the last 15 years in college football. And they are top two defense in the last five years, top three defense in the last 10 years, top three defense in the last 15 years. That is sustained dominance on the defensive side of the ball. And the fact that, you know, Penn State moved the ball as well as they did. They ran the ball when they need, when they needed to. Noah Kane had a bunch of really nice moments. I, a lot of credit to uh, a lot of yeah, credit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. And then and they, why go? See, this is what me and Vito both said: is why go with the committee then when you know because because he's Noah not Kane because because he's not Saquon. Back. He's not. He he's Doesn't a good. Matter. He's a good college back. He's a good exactly. college back. So I'm not asking you to be Saquon. Well, no, but you can I'm, be a three down back in college. Scotty, what did I text Saquon you? Barkley. What, what, did, what did I text you? Three down backs in college in football in general don't work unless it is a truly elite guy. All right. So you do you want to have Noah Kane in for 60 to 70% of the running place? Yeah, probably. But you need to supplement other guys in. You need fresh legs at some point. 
He's not a three. He's not a three down every single carry. He's not a give. He's not Jonathan Taylor. We're going to give him the ball 50 times in a game. You're going to give him the Agreed. ball 20, 20 to 30 touches a game. And that's including passes and stuff. And that's Agreed. good. That's good use for him. And, and the, you're right. Absolutely. And the deficiency, as I said, at the top is in the offensive line. They did not play well. That's a, a young group. Um, we had three guys go to the NFL or practice squads. Uh, and, and that is a, a youthful group who, who hasn't had a lot of reps in college and, and needs, needs that experience. Uh, I think the offensive line, praised, const- I, I think all the offensive line played well. I think they were going up against one of the best defensive units in the second half. Absolutely. And, and that's what I was about to say is like this, that first game was a huge test of their metal and for them to play that well, Against that defensive line, I, I I have a lot of hope for for the the conference slate heading. You were forward. so angry after a win. I've never talked to someone who was more angry after a win. <laughs> Your boys won. It was a sick win. It's a it's a Penn no State. Kane played great. All right, enjoy the wins. Your your boys it's what played happened. well. They played. It's well. what happens when you live at twelve. Uh, number 12 in the rankings and like a new year's six bowl for, for the last like eight years of your life. Like I, I, let's I make get the next it, step. I get it. That was my whole life as an Eagles fan until 2017. I, I get it. Jeff Martz, we're paying for you and your wife and your second kid to, to go to the, the national championship this year. Yes. While she's, <laughs> she's, while she'll be expecting a child at any moment. Right. It'll, right. it'll probably happen. Our one minute, our one minute turned into five minutes on Penn state. So Again, the big games, Oregon, Ohio State. Oregon looked very pedestrian against Fresno State. Ohio State looked pedestrian in the first half against Minnesota last week. And then they remembered, oh, yeah, we're Ohio State. We're way better than everybody else. Um, If Oregon comes out and looks like the version of Oregon against Fresno State and we see the second half Ohio State team against Minnesota, this is going to be a 28-point win by Ohio State. It's just not even going to be close. Uh, Oregon does not look like they're going to have Kayvon Thibodeau, who is arguably the best defensive player in the country and a projected Easily. top three pick in next year's draft, which is going to hurt them a lot. Oregon's offense looked better than I thought it would, but their defense looked very shaky. It's going to be a tough test. Right now, Ohio State is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you got? against the spread for Oregon and it Ohio was, State. It was when Thibodeau went out that that defense started to look bad. They, like, they look great in the first quarter. Um, but once once Thibodeau was gone, it was a wrap, dude. Like, that's when Fresno State started to, to, to hit him with punches. You know, the old, like, boxing metaphor um, is you stay up on your feet and you hit him and you hit him and you hit him. You don't have to hit haymakers, but you just got to keep – you just got to keep punching. And, and that's kind of what Fresno State did against that defense. Um, obviously, talent uh, supersedes everything else, and that's what Oregon had, and that's what won that game. But um, if Thibodeau's not playing, I don't know, man. Like, this could be a blowout real quick. So 14 Pac-12's in trouble. 14, 14 and, and a half, half. Give me Ohio State. Ohio State on the to point. cover. I'm with you. Uh, I have Ohio State. Covering if, the if Thibodeau's not playing, if Thibodeau is playing, I'll I'll take Oregon on the points. I think I'm going to take Ohio State either way. Honestly, uh, that offensive line for Ohio State looked looked really good last week. Looked really good. Uh, the other big top ten matchup, uh, the other big matchup in college football, four thirty Eastern time. 
number 10, Iowa going to Iowa state, Iowa state looked not great against Northern Iowa last week, but as our buddy, Josh neighbor said on the pod on Tuesday, Iowa state's a, a, a slow starting team. They lost to Louisiana last year. They're notorious for this. They also played that game without Charlie, Charlie Kolar, who is arguably outside of Brees hall, their best weapon on offense. Right now, Iowa State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, so taking away the home field advantage, they're favored by basically a point right now. Who do you got, Cyclones or Hawkeyes? Hawkeyes looked great against Indiana last week. You said this game's in Des Moines? No, it's in Ames. It's in Ames. Oh. And game day's there. Ooh. This is a, this is a pick day bump. This seems like a pick Um. Give me Matt Campbell. Give me Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. I just like, I think that team is a lot better than, than what week one showed. I really do. Um, And look, I was always a formidable team. We've always, I've talked about it on this pod incessantly is that like, why would I count out Kirk France? Um, Well, but also why would I count out Matt Campbell? Uh, what he's building at, at Iowa State is, is, I think, on par or better than what Kirk Ferentz has built at Iowa. Uh, well, I mean, so, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Kirk Ferentz has been there for like 30 years. I, I, don't, I understand I don't, I don't, that. I, I love Matt Campbell. I've, I've said before, I think he'd be a top – if you're starting a program right now, I think he'd be one of the top three or five coaches I would take. Exactly. But you can't compare it to Kirk Ferentz. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has – what he's done at Iowa is one of the all-time – sustainable top tier programs in college football history. I mean, 30 not, years. What in I'm, this place. I'm not, what I'm comparing is the fact that Iowa States in the big 12, that is a, a sling them and, and play moderate defense uh, conference. Iowa state is, or I'm sorry, university of Iowa, the Hawkeyes, Kirk France are offensive line, uh, smash mouth football and, and play really good defense. Um, you know, the old school way. Um, but that's kind of how Iowa State is built, too. I mean, Iowa State isn't – they're not, They're not. you know, Texas Tech. You know, they're like with, with uh, Mike Leach. You know, this is, a, this is a team that wants to beat you up front, that wants to beat you with defense, and they want to run the ball with Brees, with, uh, Brees Hall. So I, I'm with you. I think the two actually match up a lot closer than you think in terms of, like, yeah. how they're actually constructed. But you that's, like Iowa State to cover the four and a half? That's what I'm saying. This four and a half to me seems closer than four and a half. Like it seems like two to three and a half. So it, to me, it's like a pick them game. Mm-hmm. Give me the home team and that Iowa State <clears throat> to cover the four and a half. I, I think it's going to be a field goal game. So I have Iowa covering the spread. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think it might end up being a guard. I mean, the Notre Dame uh, Florida State game was incredible on Sunday night. But I think this will be our first like top 10 matchup where we're like, damn, that game was. Absolutely incredible. Uh, a couple other games here of note. We won't necessarily – well, we'll do rapid fire against the spread. Number 15, Texas look great. They're taking on Sam Pittman's Arkansas Razorbacks. Right now, Texas is favored on the road. They get seven points. No. Go way higher. Sean Robinson's going to give you those seven points and more. Like – Damn. Uh, that running back was unbelievably good. Uh, yeah. B. John Robinson is an absolute talent. Probably Hunts, one of those. Hudson card was awesome too, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really impressive. For sure. That, I... that offense looks unbelievable, by the way, under Steve yeah. Sarkeesian. But uh, 
You guys um, had both. You guys both took Lu, uh, Louisiana to cover last week. I had Texas covering the nine points, but I think they're going to come in riding high off of a big win in week one. And I think Arkansas, what they're but what they've been building in Arkansas in Lafayette uh, Fayetteville with Sam Pittman, I think this is going to be a close game. I think Arkansas ends up covering the seven points. So I have Arkansas covering. You have Texas uh, covering the seven points. Yeah. Really, Sean Robinson. Last game in college football that I think is worth talking about. Number 21, Utah. I said it on the air on national radio. I said, watch out for Weber State. If it wasn't for that kick return for a touchdown, we might have seen two FCS teams knock off Power 5, Top 25 ranked teams. We saw it with Montana beating Washington. But Utah did get the kick return for a touchdown. That made a difference. But the Utes are taking on BYU in one of the coolest rivalries in all of college football. It's the Holy in, War. It's in, yeah, exactly. It's in Provo this year. BYU newly uh, applied, at least, to the Big 12. B, that was announced uh, yesterday. BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all submitted their applications to join the Big 12. Number 21, Utah versus BYU. Right now, Utah is a seven-point favorite on the road. How do you see this one working out? Pac-12 in trouble, man. And Utah is not the 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 pick of the conference. Uh, the Pac-12 is in deep, deep trouble. Uh, give me BYU. BYU to cover the seven. Yep. I was pretty high on, on Utah. I think last week was more of an anomaly. And I'm with you. I do think the Pac-12 is in a bit of trouble. But look, Utah is one of the teams that snuck away with a win. So oh. they, they still control their they're, own destiny. They're not in a point. bit of trouble. They're in big, big trouble. I mean, UCLA just handled LSU very well. So UCLA right now has a great win, two dominant wins to start off the year. They're 2-0. and I think UCLA is going to be some trouble. I think they can beat anybody in the Pac-12. So there still is hope. And I think we see Utah come out and win big here in week number two. I think Utah is going to cover the seven points. Give me the Utes, the fighting Kyle Whittinghams. All right, NFL picks against the spread tonight we're gonna say this now because the game's about to kick off as the time we're recording this so we'll, we'll either be right or wrong by the time you're listening cowboys bucks bucks are nine point favorites who do you got covering that line scotty wow <laughs> spread, uh give me let's see oh we're doing spreads yeah, big um, against the spread. That's what we've, that's what we've been doing. Me, uh, that's the whole segment. Uh, give me, uh, give me uh, Tom Brady. Uh, give me the Cowboys. Wow. All the right. Cover. All right. You're going nine points, Cow- right? Cow- Cowboys to cover the nine. Yeah. I think. I think give this is. A, I think this is a blowout. I think we're going to talk it, about I man. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys are in some serious trouble. I like. Tampa Bay to cover the nine points. All right. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like Sunday, I regret one, that pick immediately. <laughs> one o'clock slate starting off in Atlanta. The Falcons giving three points to the visiting Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you got? Go Birds. Go Birds, baby. Yeah, I like the Eagles in that. At three points. You've got a rookie tight end, a veteran quarterback. Calvin Ridley and not much else on the offense. The defenses. They also have a, they also have rookies playing on the interior 
offensive line going up against Fletcher Cox and Javon Hardgrave. I think the Eagles yeah. defensive line is sneakily one of the best defensive lines in football. And so I think their offensive line, by the way, mm-hmm. the Eagles offensive line is going to be great. And the Bucks defense or sorry, the, uh, the Falcons defense is terrible. And I think it's a great first matchup for the Eagles. And I have the Eagles uh, winning this game outright, but I also have them covering the three point easily cover. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to be a bit of a coming out party for Jalen hurts. I, I really do. I think Jalen hurts is going to look great this week. And I think the Eagles start the season one and Oh, and that is an objective. The pick. That's a, no, that's not the <laughs> fandom. That is an objective football pick. I promise you. Sure, Jeff. I promise you when we do these picks, I will pick against the Eagles many, <laughs> many times. I promise. Uh, next one o'clock game, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Buffalo, Buffalo right Oof. now, a six and a half point favorite. Who do you got covering the spread at home? Uh, give me Buffalo. Buffalo. I, I don't Lawrence. think Pittsburgh's yeah. defense is as good as everyone thinks it is. Um, especially having lost, uh, Bud Dupree. I think he was probably, he's one of the biggest cogs in that off and that defense. I mean, um, I don't yeah. think Pittsburgh's defense is as good as everyone thinks it is. And uh, Buffalo's offense is better. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I last year. So, so I love a six Buffalo. and a half. I love a six and a half point line too, because you're getting, you, you have the hook there, the but it's the <laughs> touchdown, right? You don't have to worry about, you know, Oh, I need a touchdown and a field goal. Like, no, this is one touchdown yeah. separates them. I like Buffalo to cover the six and a half uh, Minnesota going to Cincinnati right now. Minnesota is a three point favorite. Is Joe Burrow starting? Joe Burrow is starting. Give me the Bengals. Ooh. I don't like that defense in Minnesota. I don't. I love Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is on my fantasy team. Please have the best year of your life. Uh, but no, give me give me the Bengals to cover. Mike Zimmer's not having back-to-back bad defenses. Kirk Cousins I don't like, but the weapons, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, yes, losing Irv Smith Jr. sucks. That offensive line should be better. Dalvin Cook is going to run rampant against that Cincinnati defense. Talk about bad defenses. That Cincinnati defense is going to be putrid. I think the wide receivers run for a million yards, catch the ball, touchdowns all over the place. I think this is a slam dunk. Take Minnesota to cover the three points. I love that line, and I'll probably bet on it on Sunday. But I do love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. So if Joe Burrow wins, I'm cool with that too. All right, your 49ers. Taking on the Detroit Lions. One of the things I, I love about betting college football is the lines can be crazy. You'll see 15. You know, I had Fresno State when they were down 14 nothing in that game against Oregon. I got them at 26 and a half to cover the spread. Plus 26 and a half. I hammered it. And it was it was ended up being the lock pick of the weekend. I had them initially at 19 and a half and then jumped up to 26 and a half. And I, I love that. But with pro football. You don't get spreads like that, but sometimes you get lopsided vic- victories. San Francisco taking on the lines. They're an eight-point favorite in Detroit. At Detroit. Yeah, well, I, I'm hammering that. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I knew you'd be taking San Francisco. I am also taking the Niners. Detroit's just not going to be a good team. I'm excited yeah. to see Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell had a bit of a rough training camp, but I You know I what I'm interested to in, too? I'm interested in, um, in Jared Goff and – two receivers tj hawkinson how he gets used and tyrell williams um i haven't seen those tyrell are mostly, in a couple of years 
yeah, mostly two fantasy uh, observations, but uh, really interested to see how that offense looks. The Lions, uh, the Lions were a do teams. not touch team for me when it came to drafting. One hundred percent, and I like TJ Swift way out. Jamal yeah. Williams was a maybe, <laughs> and yeah. like, I mean, and yeah, it, it depends on when you could have gotten them, but yeah, I mean, Deion- and DeAndre Swift, they said he's full go for Sunday, but he's been battling an injury as well. A rumor also was going around on Twitter today. Apparently, there was an anonymous tip that was called into Philadelphia police about DeAndre Swift playing a part in a murder. The the Philadelphia police said that he is currently not involved in the investigation. But something to keep your eye on, because the Philadelphia Police Department did come out and confirm that he was some not involved, but that he knew people involved in the situation He's just not a suspect and not under investigation. Oh, dear. But you never know what happens if more and more buzz comes around that as well. But crazy story that came out. All right. The Arizona Cardinals going to Tennessee. Tennessee right now, a three-point favorite mm. in Nashville. Uh, I don't think that Tennessee defense is as good as it was last year. Uh, so give me the Cardinals. That's a pick em game. Uh, give me the Cardinals. Their offense Tennessee's defense was horrible last year. And they did sign Bud Dupree, yeah. but other than that, they really didn't do a whole lot. Bud Dupree they lost off Malcolm injury. Butler. Yeah. The biggest thing for he me is Arizona. how does how's the offense look? You know, is it still going to be run through Derrick Henry? Now you get Julio Jones and AJ Brown. What happens with Eric, Ryan Tannehill without Arthur Smith? How different does the offense look without the offensive coordinator? And is it still the same old Derrick Henry? You know, like at some point, Derrick Henry has to hit a wall. I know he's a physical freak, but at some point he yeah. has to hit a wall. <laughs> so I think we will see. Uh, I don't know. Who do, you get? Who do you got? Three I, points. Though. Three Give points. me the Cardinals on points. Yeah. I think the, Cardinals, offense is I think the Cardinals are going to be good. Like, I, I think Cardinals offense is going to be good. The Tennessee defense is going to be bad. Kyler Murray's going to run around there. They don't have J- Jadavian Clowney, who I know he's not the sack guy that people thinks, but he's a disruptor. He does make a difference. Yeah. He's like Brandon Graham on steroids. Give me Arizona to cover the three. I think we're both on the Cardinals there. All right. Seahawks Colts right now. Seattle's a three point favorite on the road. Fuck Seattle. Don't care. Take the Colts. I. Am not going to take the Colts because I don't trust Carson Wentz. Now it would don't be care. very, it would be can't very, pick Seattle. I'm it sorry, would, it can't would be, pick Seattle. It would be cast, very, cast. it would be very Carson Wentz to just go off in Week One. Like if anybody was, you know, he's done that I think two or three years in a row where he throws for like three touchdown passes. There's a couple he bombs, play, but there's he was a full participant in practice the last two days. Uh, their main, we may not see Quentin Nelson, which will hurt. That'll hurt their running game. That'll hurt their passing game. I don't trust Carson Wentz. No T.Y. Hilton, so they're basically banking on Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr., who I like Michael Pittman Jr., but give me Seattle. Russ is cooking. I'm taking the Hawks, and you are taking Indianapolis. All right, got a few more 1 o'clock games here. Chargers, Washington. In Washington right now, Washington is a one-point favorite. So we're talking pick them here. All right, there's there's no way to cover a, a, a half spread, a half-point spread, basically. So this is this is a pick them. Basically, all you can do is push, unless they tied. So who do you got here, the L.A. Chargers in Washington? Um, 
I love Washington. I love the defense. I love Ron Rivera. I love Fitzmagic, honestly, and I love the offense that they have. Uh, Curtis Samuel's not going to be part of it. I think week one, it looks like. Um, oh, we just lost Scotty. Pearls of doing things over Zoom. Sounded like he was going to go Washington football team. We'll get his pick in a second here. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert, I think that offense is going to be great. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal, and I have the Chargers here winning in week one in Maryland. I know it's cross-country, but, you know, it's the first game of the season. So if you got to go cross-country as a West Coast team, this is a good week to do it. Give me the Chargers. Somehow, a, again, this, this one-point line is throwing me off a little bit, but I like L.A. to go to Washington, beat Fitzmagic, but – I do think Washington does still end up winning the division. I think Washington will continue to, you know, end up having a really good season start to finish. But Justin Herbert is going to lead the Chargers to a win, and they're going to beat the Washington football team. Scotty, you cut out. We lost you there on Zoom, but we have you back. Who's your pick, Washington or Chargers? It seemed like you were about to pick Washington. Give me the football team. All right. Scotty's on the Washington football team. I'm on the Chargers. All right. Jets, Panthers, Carolina's a four-point favorite hosting this game in Charlotte, North Carolina. Who do you got? <laughs> the Sam Donald revenge tour. Uh, the first game for a rookie quarterback for the Jets in Zach Wilson um, on the road against a tough defense. Uh, give me the Panthers on points. Um, I'm also taking the Panthers. Jags, Texans, Jacksonville's a three-point favorite right now. It's in Houston. First time we're seeing Trevor Lawrence. Who do you got against the spread? Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence gets his first win against a terrible opponent. <laughs> you and I are on the same page there. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer win number one. All right. We're now in the 4 o'clock games. 425 kickoff for all of these. Browns, Chiefs. Kansas City, five-and-a-half-point favorite in Arrowhead. Five-and-a-half. Uh, I just think Cleveland's defense is too good, and Kansas City's is not good enough for a five-and-a-half points. So uh, give me Cleveland to cover. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas City. I think it's a touchdown, right? So I think Kansas City wins by a touchdown here, and that's going to cover your five-and-a-half. I like the Chiefs. They're at home, Patrick Mahomes. I know it bit me in the Super Bowl, but Baker Mayfield ain't Tom Brady. All right. And I think the Browns, again, will still go on to a really, really good season. This is a tough opening match, but I have the Chiefs winning here, five and a half, covering the spread. All right. Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots. New England, this is in Foxborough. New England's a three point favorite. Who do you have here? Bill Belichick going up against Brian Flores, Mac Jones, Tua Bowl. What do we got? Mac Tua? This again is a it's gonna be a, a, a low scoring game. So if I were you betting on this game, I'd probably look more at the over under than the spread. Um but to me this game seems like it comes down to who's the more seasoned quarterback, and that's Tua. Tua has better weapons. Uh Devontae Parker, he's got Miles Gaskin in the backfield. He's got Mike Asicki at, at tight end. He's got, well, not Will Fuller this game, but um, 
Um, I, I just think Miami's offense is better than uh, people let on. So uh, give me give me Miami this game. New England all day. That defense is going to be a top three defense in the NFL. Yeah, this is nasty. Yeah. And I am still not a believer in Tua. I need to see it before. I think I Miami's defense is going to be good, though, too. Miami's they'll be, defense they'll be is okay. going to be top five at the end of the year. I, I don't think they'll be top five. I think they'll probably end up as a top 10 defense. They still have a, the, arguably the best secondary in football. No Stephon Gilmore until week five at the earliest for New England. But uh, I just, I really like New England here. All right. Green Bay. Technically, the road team going on against the Saints, who are technically the home team. This game's being played in Jacksonville. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite. I'm I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers this season. I won't. I won't do it. Like I literally won't do it. I I talked about it, like the Devontae Adams tweet about it being the last dance. Yeah, was so perfect. It like, was. I I I legitimately think um, that there's there's a shot that that could actually happen. So um, give me the Packers like in almost every game this year. Packers. <laughs> and three and ask and again. I'm also <laughs> going with the Packers, though. I do think there's a chance that, you know, we don't really know exactly what we're going to see here with Jameis Winston. What happens in, in the Jameis Winston era in New Orleans? Yeah. I'm intrigued uh, to I, I see what New Orleans is going to look like. I just don't buy into their skill guys. You have to deal with Tredavious White on the outside there, a cornerback, and that's a really – Marquez Callaway? Um, not Tredavious White. Uh, Jair Alexander. I don't know. I always do that. Uh, Jair Alexander. But, yeah, I mean, Marquez Callaway is like the number one guy there who's completely Traquan unproven. Traquan Smith is a little bit better. He's more of like a gadget guy. So I just – but there's a little bit of this – you know, no one believes in us. Game's kind of coming out of nowhere. Maybe a little bit of rain in the forecast. And then it's... Yeah, it's, we did that with LSU. <laughs> it's the post... And, uh, it's the post-hurricane, you know, we're going to go win it, win one for the Gipper kind of deal, right? We're going to win one for the city. Zeke. And <laughs> look uh, at Zeke. <laughs> yeah, Zeke is... Should have uh, drafted Zeke. <laughs> something, something else there. His over-under for rushing yards tonight was like 53 and a half, and I really wanted to take Oh, it. hammer the over. <laughs> um I don't know. It's just uh, Tampa Bay's defense is filthy. Yeah. So Tampa Bay goes three and out in their first series. And then Dallas here uh, marching down the field. First play was like a 35 yard pass out of the back of their oh, own no, end zone. After Connor recovering Penn Stater starting right. the offensive line for, uh, for the Cowboys. Bron let's, let's finish this up here. we got three more games. Broncos giants game is in MetLife stadium. Denver is a three point favorite. <laughs> Hammer the Broncos with every dollar you have ever owned. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think the Broncos look really good here in week one. The Giants I, are bad, man. Like Daniel Jones is bad. Yeah. yeah they're going to, they're going to force some Their turnovers. Wide receivers are okay. Here's like, a, here's a the fun best thing. Daniel Jones has is throwing the ball downfield and that's it. Here's, here's a fun. Their offensive you, line is garbage. Saquon Barkley is a, an unbelievable talent, but has nothing in front of him. And we don't know. Like, I mean, he's been limited all, all summer, so we're not really exactly. sure how much Saquon we're going to see here in week one. I bet you, I wonder what if there's odds on this, Patrick Sertan getting his first career interception in this game. Ooh, Whatever it that. is, I, I would sprinkle a little bit onto it because Danny Dimes <laughs> is going to turn the ball over two or three times, no yep. doubt. All right, Sunday night game. Bears, Rams. Right now, this is in SoFi Stadium, the fucking massive palace out in L.A., they're taking on the Chicago Bears. Seven and a half point favorites for the Rams. What do you got? Hammer it. If Andy Dalton's starting, hammer it. 
The Bears' defense is not that great. Rams' offense is potent, literally potent. Like, Matt Stafford is going to electrify some shit in L.A., Sunday um, night game, dude. Like the the lights are going to be on. on. Sunday, yeah. Come Matthew on, Matthew Stafford's. I mean, and McVay wants to make a statement, man. People have kind of anointed Kyle Shanahan as the whiz kid that everyone thought McVay was in the last couple of years, and I think McVay wants to prove that Goff had more to do with that that drop off since the Super Bowl and that you know seven to six loss to the the Pats than it had anything to do with McVay. I'm with you. I have the Rams covering the seven and a half. I think this is a two touchdown game. I think yeah. we're gonna have a snooze fest. <laughs> On Sunday night. All right, Monday night football. And then week week two, Justin Fields is named the starter per ESPN oh, yeah. sources. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they just don't want Aaron Donald to eat Justin Fields alive. I think that's a big part of this, too. All right, and our Monday night game, we normally have the two Monday night games to start off week one. I love that. I know a lot of people don't like to stay up for it, but I do love the back-to-back. Only one this year, the banged-up Baltimore Ravens taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in the Death Star, Allegiant Stadium, first time with fans in the stands. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in that stadium, but it's probably going to end up being insane if what we saw from the Golden Knights will have any sort of parallel effect. Ravens, Raiders, Ravens get uh, giving four points. Giving four? Oof. Uh, so the... The Ravens are eleven and eight, I believe, on the or no, they're like four and eight, I believe, on the road on Monday night games. Um, mm-hmm. give me the Raiders to to cover. I, I just with the injuries the the last week, I think that that offense is a little bit in flux. Losing Marcus Peters does not help. Um, uh, if you still had that in in that. That stout defense, I might consider it, but no. Give me, I'll, I'll take Raiders on four and a half on Monday night. So it's it's four even this, but this game strikes me as one of those games that we talk about later in the season. We're like, man, remember when the Raiders just like stomped the Ravens on Monday Night Football to start the season? You know, like one of those just weird Monday night games that like kind of sticks in people's yeah. memories. That's just a little weird. That's what I'm getting from this. It's the new stadium. It's opening up. I think not only do the Raiders cover first the four points. First time fans points, are there, right? Especially because I think the Raiders are going to end up being pretty bad. Yeah, it's first time we're going to have fans there. But I also think the Raiders are going to be pretty bad this year. And I think this is going to be one of those things like, man, like how did Baltimore lose to the Raiders on Monday night? And I think Derek Carr is going to have a good game. Darren Waller is going to make a lot of problems in that defense. And maybe we see a little bit of what made Henry Ruggs the first wide receiver taken in a loaded wide receiver class last year. So mm-hmm. I have the Raiders winning covering the spread and winning outright. You also have the Raiders covering. All right, man, that's our picks. They're in, they're locked, they're loaded. They're out for the world to see. Um, That's all we got on the pod today. I do have one quick life shit thing, but I'm going to save it for the next time all of us are together because we got football on. So what do you say? You want to get, you want to wrap this thing up so we can watch some football? I kind of want to do the live stuff, but yeah, all right, all right. we'll do. It. No, we'll do. We'll, we'll do it. All right, if you want to, if you want to get into that, we can. We can get into it briefly. Um, actually, no, executive decision. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it because I want to watch football. You right. want to watch football, and I want Vito here because I think Vito it'll make Vito laugh too. So, uh, that's everything we got on the pod. Thank everybody for listening. Enjoy week one. The NFL is back. Football is fully back. We have basically 
three straight days, uh, two days back-to-back of nothing but football. But then Friday night, you'll get some good games. Watch that Kansas comeback. They want revenge off of Coastal Carolina after the upset last year. And uh, we also got Monday night football. So we got lots of football, man. And thank- Enjoy a local high school game, too, if you got good high school football around you. Low-key, going to a high school football game, even if you have no affiliation to the high school, is a great Zero. time. Patriot great High time. School, one and one. Let's go. Shout out to Falls Church High School. All right. Uh, for Scotty, I'm Jeff. Thank two. you all for listening. We'll be back to recap week one on Tuesday. Hopefully we get Vito back. He's been traveling like a madman going to concerts. So we'll get all of his uh, adventures taken. We try to get his picks in for tonight, and he's just a busy guy. He's just He was in Washington State. He was in California. He was in Virginia. He was in New York City, Cleveland. Back Phil- to he's, Cleveland. He's, that dude, he never stops. So when you wonder, like, man, why is Vito not on? That dude just does not stop. We love him, and we'll get him back hopefully next week at some point. But, Scotty, thank you, buddy. Enjoy the games. What do you say? For everyone listening, I hope your team wins. Go Niners. Unless your and team we are. The, unless your team is the Dallas Cowboys or Penn State. Uh, Whoa. For the boys, we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy, everybody.